Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Jason Janitas, 22 years of volunteer and career experience, a backstep firefighter who rides Ladder 333 in Lexington County, South Carolina, one of the creators and co-founders of Soda City Training. Jason is one of those guys who puts the fun in fundamentals. From how shift life with the guys within the station should be, his meticulous knowledge of anything ladders, saws, and forcible entry, down to his love of going to fires and just overall loving the job. We hit on some good topics that all should listen to. With that, I present Mr. Jason Janitas. All right, so Jason Janitas from uh, Lexington County, South Carolina. So uh, how how did I get into the fire service? Um, so I'm originally actually from uh, Long Island, New York, uh, Levittown. And as you know, being a former New Yorker as well, like the fire service culture up there is just... I'm not saying it's different, but it's different. It's different. It's different. It's community-based. You you know, I remember probably one of my most favorite times of the year, granted I was was obviously much younger, was Memorial Day, right? Memorial Day up up there uh, meant, hey, it's summertime. But we had the biggest um, Memorial Day parade. And there were always the fire trucks and the musters and the competition. And I grew up around that. Like, I remember the musters and the competitions and the fire truck parades and and just such a big, big culture. So when I moved down here back in the uh, late 90s, uh, I was still in school and and I had actually friends that said, hey, you're in high school. You can start volunteering. And so uh, my grandfather volunteered up in uh, Hicksville. Uh, for a little bit. And then I, I guess just the culture and the the raising of the fire service, uh, I just decided to try volunteering. Like, let's see what this is about. See if I like this, you know, things like that. And so I started volunteering. And honestly, the cool thing about volunteering down here is if you maintained good grades, which I think at that time I was like, you know, B or above, you could keep a pager on in school and leave classes and go to fires. Okay. So let's be honest here, like go to a fire or go to a math class. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so it was awesome. And I hooked on, you know, that was early 2001. I started with the Flint Hill volunteer fire department right outside you in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, September 11th happened. And I think from the volunteerism and the background, I was like, this is definitely the culture I'm, I want to be around and, and I love it. And so, you know, graduated, went to college for a little bit, but then I just jumped straight to, you know, 18 years old, full-time fire department. Um, and since then I've gotten, you know, in a college education, cause that's something I wanted to do. That That's not saying you're right, wrong and different for having one or not, but mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. definitely something I wanted to do. And uh, I have not regretted it at all. Uh, I've been so happy with my career and, uh, just starting at a young age, I feel like I had an opportunity opportunity to do a lot of things that some people haven't been able to. So, okay, how how I got into it really? It, yeah. It's just born into you up there. I feel like it's it's just so different. 
No, you know, you're absolutely right. And it like and like you said, I don't want anybody listening to, to take that the wrong way, but it's just something about up north and yep. you know, when you cross that Mason Dixon line, it, it, it and it's not like a bad thing, but it's just no. it's different. It's just right. totally different how the volunteer aspect is between between, you know, between the, the two areas. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and I remember, shoot, I remember uh, going up to the firehouse and, and they were like, hey, you want to ride around the block in the truck? We were like, yeah. And so we, we you know, uh, what, less than 10 years old, maybe. And we jump in the truck and they take it out and you know, drive around. It's just different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely correct. Uh, so you're with uh, Lexington County Fire Services and you are a fire, a backstep firefighter on ladder three, th 333. Yes. Um. So with that being said, what's the culture like within the four walls of your firehouse? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, uh, the guys that I work with, my officer, my driver, um, we have four signed. Um, like everyone that probably even listens to this podcast right now, we're pretty much writing three because of overtime cuts. Not again, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. But man, we we hang out together. We we you know we eat meals together which is unfortunately something i know in some places have kind of disappeared but no we're, we do breakfast lunch and dinner together uh we're just all in one we hang out together uh we hang out off duty together uh actually i was up in the north carolina area a few weeks ago uh teaching a class and i invited them up there because one of the aerial apparatus we were training on is going to be one of our new rigs so I okay. said, why not bring my crew and let's work on an the apparatus we're about to get, you know? Okay. Um, and, and so we, we do a lot together and, and we're texting each other off duties. Like it's awesome. We want to go to fires. Uh, we don't want to go to medical calls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to train, you know, yesterday we did the impromptu, like, Hey, what you want to do for training today? And my driver was like, I want to race, see how fast we can get the 35 up by ourselves and how fast we can dump the ladder of all the portable ladders. And we did it. We did it for a couple hours in the morning. And that's it. Like, like you know, we had a good time. We hung out all day. I, I love it. Motivated. Um, and, and we just want to go to work. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, so I love it. it it's the, the pride's there. Um, the training's there. We work so well together on calls. Um, I, I love it. That lots of pride in our firehouse. So we're, we're pretty proud of that. Okay. All right. And which I'm sure some listeners are going to have a hard time comprehending this. But for those that don't know you, you are one of the co-creators, co-founders of Soda City Fire Training. Yes. So how did that whole deal come about? So I, I have been able to help a lot of people in the past, you know, couple of years. Uh, I started instructing years ago for the state uh, wanted to kind of move on and offer some different things and um, kind of going off. We're going to go on a lot of tangents today. Hey, so, that's fine. So the okay. first tangent is, you know, I actually worked for the city of Columbia for a, a decent amount of time. And when I was in training, one of the things I've always wanted to do, I love training is I started the acquired building program. And, and so up to this date, I just looked on my thing earlier. I started it around April, 2015 and I'm right now I'm at about 313 buildings that I've been able to acquire and train in. And, and I love it. And, and so 
going through all that, I know there were a lot of organizations I realized that wouldn't use acquired buildings for whatever reason, liability, money, cost, time, right? Some Sometimes we just don't have the staffing. I understand that where we're at now. Um, so I started getting on kind of the teaching circuit, which, which I'm very blessed to be able to teach, you know, at MAFC, FDIC, um, just across the country, really, with the highwaymen. Like, I've been very blessed with my teaching um, travels. And I just noticed, you know, I wanted to start a company that really focuses on the acquired building training so that you call us and you say, hey, listen, we don't have the time, money, or resources to run drills for our organization or the local, you know, the local area. And I, and I want to run uh, some acquired building drills. Got it. And so that's kind of how it started. Me and uh, Christopher Ryan Gates, we, we partnered up because we both had the same mentality. We both worked together at Columbia. And we, we just it just took off. And so now we are very, very lucky. And this is not obviously a, a podcast on Soda City. And by no means, there are a lot of great com- companies out there teaching. Mm-hmm. But right now, we are the first company in South Carolina to offer the live fire in acquired buildings. Um, South Carolina has always kind of been behind on that aspect a little bit. And there were departments doing it, but nothing really official or, or at the scale we're trying to push it to. Um, I believe personally, you know, acquired buildings are some of the best training you can ever get. And now with us adding the live fire component to, I mean, you, you should see these guys eyes that haven't haven't done it. They they've loved it. Um, so we've been lucky in the past year and a half, we've done three live fire acquired building burns, and we actually have a really big one coming up in uh, January, 2024 in the low country, uh, using a commercial building. So really awesome. excited about, that. I, I just want to, I just want to, you, you know, I want the state to start looking at these resources. We've been very, very lucky. And, and I try to be, I really do try to be humble. Um, the state now, every year is doing a conference using acquired buildings. And, and I hope deep down, I hope that I had something to do with that, you know, like departments, I see them all the time. I share them on Facebook and Instagram departments in South Carolina are finally using acquired buildings. Like this is where we need to be. We're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. So now let's step it up. Like let, let's start trying to do some fire stuff. I'll say North Carolina does a tremendously great job on the live fire stuff. You guys are awesome. I, I would like to be at kind of that level for our state, you know, right. not just me. Right. Uh, I would love to see these departments every month doing live fire acquires or, or something of that nature. Right. You know, um, but that's, that's what we got to step, step up to our, our, we, we talk about failing and training and things like that. And I always tell people, I don't think a lot of times the students are failing them. I think we as instructors or organizations, we're, we're failing them. We're showing them, you know, one of my biggest proponents when I was in training was whenever we would do live fire and training burns, I made those guys flow until the fire was completely out. Mm-hmm. This going in and knocking it down, mm-hmm. don't, don't put it all the way out so I can restart. Absolutely not. You know what? I'm paying you as an instructor. Uh, if I need to come in there and help you, fine. But you're going to com- let them completely extinguish the fire and we're going to work to rebuild it. Like, what does that take? A few extra minutes and some time and energy? Like, get out of here. Like, we need to push that type of stuff. 
No, you're absolutely right. And that is a big training scar because I remember back when I would do live burns, I mean, the instructor would be like, cut it off, cut it off, just darken it down. And so the repetition of that yep. makes you believe, okay, when I actually go to a live structure fire, yep. oh, I'm just going to, and then it's just, it's second it's nature. Disappear. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. Yep. You're right. And, and that has, I can honestly say, like, there have been times where I had a newer guy, you, you know, they were knocking down the fire and he closes the nozzle. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I was waiting for it to darken down. I said, you got to dark it down. Like, you can see those things happening. And that's a failure on us, mm -hmm. like all of us. The, whether you're in training or not, if you're not teaching these guys to flow, and this is really weird because I'm like a really big truck guy and we're talking kind of about engine bull crap right now. So <laughs> feel really weird and kind of, uh, I'll drink some beer later or something to make me feel better. But, but that, that's the basis of firefighting, honestly. And, and I've always said, no matter what class I teach, like the nozzleman is always the most important firefighter on the fry ground, hands down. I will always say that, but we're failing our guys at, at the training level no matter where you work, who, who you work for, like that's wrong. And, and that is one reason why Ryan and I started this company because we want to teach, not only do we have, we feel like we have something to offer, but we want to teach the right things. The, the things that we know that other training places are doing that are, that they're kind of screwing up on. And, and it's sometimes people don't like me because I tell people, don't ask a question you don't want to answer. And I'm going to be, I am not lying to you. And I'm going to be 100% transparent. And people don't like me because of that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel, why I feel like that. And I'm not going to lie to you. And I think that's a clutch. I know when we talked about questions, you know, that's one of the biggest problems. I'm kind of jumping around. That's one of the biggest problems we have with the fire service today. Is people aren't transparent. They feel like if they lie to you, they can get away with it. And they're just not blunt. Like, here's the deal. Like you and I may not agree on everything, but I know at the end of the podcast or at the end of the day, I can call you up. We can talk, we can have a beer and I'm okay with that. That it's okay to have a difference in opinions. Right. But some people don't think it's, it's like that. And that's wrong. And that's another tangent, but yeah. No, it, you're right. It's okay to have a difference in opinion and, yeah. and it's okay. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And that, I believe that is kind of what's, what's wrong with, you know, going with society today where like, I don't care yeah. if you, if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, nobody cares. Like we no. are all adults. Yes. We're not going to agree on everything, but at the end of the day, you should be able to put that aside and still respect each other. But 100%. nowadays it's people are just, Oh, you don't, you don't see it my way. I'm done with you. And I don't yes. have nothing to do with yeah. you. And it's like, that, that person is an asshole. Why is right. he, he does, he believes this. Well, okay. All right. Whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. That's crazy. Um, so but was, and, but again, back to that's why we really push for the company to start because because we want them to make sure. And, and maybe we're teaching some of the wrong stuff. You know, ten years from now, they'd be like, JJ, man, that guy was dumb for teaching the wrong things. But <laughs> from our experiences or training and the things we're learning, like we're, we're able to flow with it. You know, and I just wanted to make sure that we were going out and teaching people. The right stuff as best as possible. And honestly, and I say this, like, I'm not here to undercut anyone, but we're very low costs. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't cost much to get us out there to do something for your organization. You know, I'm not trying to do a sales pitch. I just, I don't believe that there are people out there worth 
and, and I'm just throwing numbers out there, mm-hmm. 15, 20 grand a day. I'm not, there's no one worth that in the fire service. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying some of your experiences, knowledge or training or what organization you come from isn't worth X, Y, Z amount, but we're here for the fire department, right? We're here for each other and everyone's sharing, you know, for them, hashtag for them, citizens first. How much it costs to get you out there? 15 grand. What? Come on, man. Like, I know what it costs, you you know? And we try to keep everything really low budget costs for the student. Because if I make a couple bucks here and there, that's great. If not, you know, I've been very lucky. I've been married 17 years and my wife's been here the whole time since the fire department. Mm-hmm. And I've always done training and she knows what it is. And like, she knows how it is. And, and I got to give her props. But yeah, like the only reason why certain classes, like we got an upcom- upcoming forceful entry class the only reason why it's $200 is because we're, we're having to buy a lot of equipment to help offset that. But it, it's not, I'm not here to charge an arm and a leg for it. You can get good training at cost, you know, low cost. And, and so again, not throwing stones, but I know a lot of people that charge a lot of money and it's like, I don't think so, man. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is something because, you know, especially with departments that want to get outside instructors yeah. and training and you know sometimes their budget especially the volunteers right uh, municipalities are a little bit different but right. especially the volunteer basis departments you know sometimes their annual budget man is is like nothing yeah and then when they want you or an individual and they go hey this is what i'm charging are we really doing right by them because we're trying to make a buck and right. i don't have a company I, I don't know what that entails, but right. you know, like I always tell people, you gotta vet your resources to make sure like this person's legit and they're not just trying yeah. to make a buck for themselves. Right. Right. And and again, business is business, and I understand that aspect. I really do. We have insurance costs, we have liability, stuff like that. I got that. But I, I think everything the way we at least look at it, Ryan and I, is right. We're probably going to charge a volunteer department a little less than a municipal department. Mm-hmm. And that's not trying to be disrespectful or discriminate against paid or volunteer. Right, right. But like, same thing. We do the same thing. We vet where we're going. Like, man, that volunteer department had, we saw their finances. They have $8,000 operating. Like, we can throw them a bone. Like, now there might be things that we don't do for them that we do for other departments. Mm-hmm. But if someone's interested, I'm going to come help you out. Like right now, I know uh, I'm going around the state and helping these all these departments put together an aerial operations manual for the ladder trucks in their department. No cost. Like actually, most of the time, they just take me out to lunch and I'm cool with that. Like and I'll come up there and spend the day with the guys. I'll work on all their scrub angles and the formulas. And then I'll make them just a nice little booklet that's printed. And it has all their figures, all the operating, how many floors they can hit and stuff. And it's perfect for a new driver, training opportunities, training manual for aerials. Like, it's no big deal. It's because I love the job. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. passionate about it, you'll do it. Like, it's not, it's no no skin off my back. Right, right. Okay. Uh, one thing I didn't know about you, you just mentioned it earlier. So you were with Columbia Richland Fire Services? I was, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, how long were you there for? Um, right about 10 years. Wow. So yeah. here, so here's, here's my, and it's perfect because this is an ongoing topic, a hot topic right now in the fire service. 
what made you go, you know what, you're 10 years in, hey, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go to this department and the fear. And that's the biggest thing is a lot of people fear. It's the fear of the unknown, the fear of having to start over. Right. What was that like? And what advice can you give to people who, because I know there are people in that same boat where they're like, man, I'm kind of oh, vested. Yeah. I don't know if I want to start over again. So I'm, I'm kind of an interesting apple, I, I guess we'll say. We're about to get into some interesting topics here. But, but I, again, uh, the one thing I will say, there is only, there is nothing I regret in the fire service. I have, I am always, I am happy. I have loved every single organization that I worked for. I have gained a lot of information from every organization I've ever worked for. Uh, I, I love it. I love the fire service. I love my job. I love what I do every day. And I loved everywhere I worked. I loved working for Columbia Rich. Um, I, I started there. Recruit school was awesome. I, I still stay in touch with my recruit graduates, good friends of mine. Uh, went to Engine 12, which was a busy engine off of North Main, uh, about seven or eight months in, still on probation. This never happens. I got to sign to Ladder 7. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Ladder 7 is the busiest ladder in the city. It is one of the most unique, as it is a single truck house. It is a mm. single bay firehouse. We had two water cans, no water, no pump on the rig. It was just our apparatus. We had our own coverage area. Now, granted, we had three engines with a mile or two of us, mm -hmm. east-west kind of thing, but it is a single truck house, which is very unique, obviously. Um, and the people I worked there with and the history of that firehouse is just unbelievable. I encourage anyone, if you're ever in the area, go by seven. You, you'll see exactly, you walk in that place and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can, you can smell it. You can see it. Uh, it is actually one of the oldest operating firehouses in the city as well. Traditional two two poles, uh, awesome. just amazing place to work. Caught a lot of fire. Gets get a lot get a lot of work there. Lots mm -hmm. of training. Um, well, I had an opportunity to go into the training division after being on the floor for a couple of years. Um, I was driving. Uh, I was a senior fireman at the time, which is kind of like a backup driver. Mm -hmm. I was on the going up for a promotion at the time. And I got an opportunity to go into training under Nick Martin. And hands down, I'll tell you, Nick Martin, who is now at Salisbury, is the best chief officer I've ever worked for. He 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 lives what he preaches. You know, there we talk about instructors going out and teaching things. Right, right. He is one of the true ones. He 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 has been the best friend, mentor, and boss I've ever worked for. Um, so I worked for him in training for about four or five years. And then um, doing great things. He helped me with a lot of stuff. But I always worry about getting stagnant. I don't think I'm get, I get stagnant, but I always worry that, you know, do they need something new or old? So I went back to the floor. After about four and a half, five years, I, I went back to my old position um, as driving. There was an opening at seven again. I was really lucky to place back there. And then I just noticed, and, and again, don't – like I said, don't ask questions you don't want me to hear about. The city itself was really struggling to gr grow within the organization. Okay. Um, I'll tell you right now, those guys are some of the best people you will ever work for. They are so aggressive. I, I mean, it's crazy the amount of fire they go to. So aggressive. 
but I was looking for something else. I was looking for that progression as in growth within the organization, as well as the city itself. And I looked over to Lexington County at the time and I was contacted by someone that currently worked there. And they said, we, you need to put in for the spot. And it was actually a training captain spot. Um, they were expanding their training division and they really needed help. And so I was like, well, I'll put in, but you know, I had reserves like everyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like the County it's young. It was actually started around the seventies. Um, until literally 10 years ago there it was like two men in the truck that's it now most of our rigs are three and four like so so the growth it just enormous growth is still one of the fastest growing counties in the state and so i went and did an interview and i met the fire chief and our fire chief mark davis is hands down the best fire chief i've ever worked for he is truly if you want to see what or if you want to see or feel what a fireman's fire chief is you come see mark davis he was the only surviving officer of the Charleston Nine. You know, they talk about how yep. 12 15 guys went in, nine right. passed. Right. Well, he was one of the crew that survived. And that obviously has such a big impact on him. Mm-hmm. All he cares about, he cares about, he, t- he told me when I interviewed with him, he says, there are three things I care about. The citizens, the men and women that work for me, and the equipment on the rig is good. He said, if you do that, We'll just make out fine. And I'm like, that's my type of chief. And to, still to this day, if you get called in his office, like there's a chance you probably aren't getting written up, but he's going to make you do something to learn your lesson. Okay. I know guys that had that have had to teach classes because of a bad decision they made. And they will go out and teach these in-house classes based on their bad decision and what they learned from it. Well, like it's just a, such a unique perspective on leadership. Mm-hmm. He is awesome. So in the years I've been there here at Lexington, which is now at, uh, I said, started in 19. So what we 23. So what four or five years coming up. Mm-hmm. We've expanded our companies. We have multiple companies now. We added a firehouse. We have two firehouses being built now. Um, he has completely redone the entire apparatus fleet. To where hopefully in the next year, our oldest frontline engine out of 27 engines, our oldest engine should be about 12 years old. Man. Yeah. Uh, he's adding a heavy rescue, added a heavy rescue style hazmat, mobile command unit, added a third battalion, adding a fourth battalion, trainings expanding. This is like, it's amazing. And we have two firehouses being planned, special operations. Our budget, when I first started, our budget was around like $24 million. I think we're about to hit like $32 million now. And this is in five, six years. Like he has done so much. And it's not just him. Mm-hmm. The way he leads, everyone from the bottom up is following. And so we talked about, you know, beginning a culture. Like you could feel it. You could feel the progression. Where, where mm-hmm. he, he switched over to, I know we talked about, you know, the company designation earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm assigned to ladder 333. It used to be ladder 33, but Chief Davis, uh, coming from the Charleston area, he got all of the units designation over five departments in our whole county. Our county covers Irma, West Columbia, Casey, Batesburg, and Lexington County. Okay. So he did the three-digit coding. And so now we, there are no borders within our dispatch. We've gone to all computer dispatching. Um, so if there's a fire in Irma, 
You're probably getting Irma, West Columbia, Casey, and Lexington units. No borders. It's all just AVL based, right? Mm-hmm. So 171 is an Irma unit. Um, 402 is a West Columbia unit. Uh, 300s is Lexington. 200s is Batesburg. 500s is Casey. And, and we all we all mesh and respond together. We all train together. Like just the progression and camaraderie and the pride that has, you know, been able to be built based on Lexington. I saw that in my interview and I knew right there, I was like, I want to help do this. I want to help build this, this future and this foundation. So to me, it was a pretty easy decision. I'm like, wow, I I can be a part of this, 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 this is nice. This is awesome. I hate, and again, it's always hard leaving your friends and what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I had something to offer in training um, that, that I could help build it. And I got to help put the acquired building program in place. I got to help with a lot of ladder Academy, right? We do a week long ladder Academy truck school. I was able to put that in place. I was helped to build the truck culture um, and and it's ongoing. Um, So about a year and a half ago, same thing. Uh, the training division was growing and I was just like, I don't want to be stagnant. I really want to build it. So, so I went into his office one day and I said, chief, I I thought about it a lot. I I miss riding the truck. I miss going first two fires. I'd like to take a voluntary demotion to firefighter and go to back on the rig. And he's like, you, you sure? (laughs) Like I am, I, I, I miss riding the rig and I miss opening up and going to the roof and searching and forcing doors. And he's like, if this is what you want, I will support it. But I want, and we had a long conversation and he's like, okay. So I went from cat officer to a fireman, but I don't regret it. I love it. I, I want to retire as a fireman. I want to be that back, backstep guy that people can rely on. And that when you get a new guy, if you need help, just call me. Like, like they're always pushing for promotions and moving up and leadership. Right, right, right. But sometimes you just need that backstep leadership. And I'm not saying I'm the best leader or, or my ideologies or, or thoughts are right. But I, I hope I have a little bit of experience and knowledge to help teach these other guys and be able to, you know, I want my officer not to worry about me. Like, JJ's not going to screw up, hopefully. And if, if I do... I'm going to correct it. And, and obviously I'm going to work through that. I am not afraid to make mistakes. Um, and I'm not perfect by no means either. So. And that is, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. And you're not the, you're not the only person that said that about chief Mark Davis. Uh, Cause by the time anyone hears this, that other episode will have already been played, but um, Eric, Eric Sitch, and yeah. uh, and uh, he calls them cakes. I call them, I call them uh, John Con- or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, John Conjura. They both stated that Mark Davis is hands down one of the best chiefs. It's not blowing smoke up anyone's ass. They have said it, and you can tell by the way they talk about it and how I was able. You know, I do these interviews through Zoom, so I'm able to see the guests, and you could just see it in their expressions how they talk yep. about the man. And one big thing you hit on with, with that resounded with me was the no borders. We still have departments to this day that don't want to call in mutual aid. Oh, don't yeah. want all the fire departments in my area, or they will wait before something truly bad happens before yeah. they will call mutual aid. We need to stop that because if we're in this, like you said, citizens first mentality, uh-huh. the citizen doesn't care what truck shows up, the name on the side, the color yep. of the truck. They just want help. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's funny you say that because uh, Lexington County originally started as white trucks, right? White base with a blue stripe. And okay. some of them look really sharp, I will say that. A couple years ago, when, when they're really trying to progress, they did a survey throughout the department, and they went with this really nice storm gray over red paint scheme. And, and I will say, it looks sharp. What's interesting is we're right now, and I'm sure when this episode goes up too, we're still in the reserve ladder, <laughs> which is an older white truck. Okay. And it, it's a machine. Man, I love that. I'm going to buy it. When it retires, I'm buying it, <laughs> just for the record. But it's white. And it's interesting that whenever we go to call, so all the other companies around us are in the new you know, gray over red paint scheme, and we pull up in this white ladder, no one ever says anything. No citizen, no one ever says anything or even looks at it and says, oh, that truck's white. That one's you know, gray. No, they don't care. They, they just call 911 because they have a problem or something's happened and they just want help. And they really don't care what it looks like. Um, so it's really interesting to see that side as now I've worked in organizations, multi, really different colored trucks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They don't they don't notice it. So, right. you know, they don't care. And it's been great because especially like Chief Davis's background with the Charleston incident, he's like, it's not only for the citizens, it's for us, right? Because if something ever bad ever happens, I want to make sure that I have all the help coming to you because that's what, you know, we always push for, we're sending help for all the citizens. Well, what about us sometimes? Mm -hmm. and, and he doesn't have that, you know, firefighter first mentality. I, I don't want anyone to take that the wrong way. It's always the citizens first. He's very aggressive on, on hose management, getting in there, water on the fire, searches, vent. like he is huge, very aggressive on it. But he does, as the fire chief, he does take that step back and he's like, I will make sure you have the resources. So, Yes, he, he has done phenomenal. And it's not just him, obviously, in this area. It's the other mutual aid, automatic aid chiefs. Mm -hmm. they, they have done light years as far as the no borders, unified dispatch, same playbook. Everyone kind of runs by the same playbook. You know, no matter where you are, first two engine is pretty much, right? If they lay in, great. If not, they call out the water supply, 360, line and service. Second engine, water supply, line and service. Third engine, um, because our ladders are spaced out a little bit because we are such a big county, mm -hmm. uh, the third engines are the search. Search. So if they get there before the ladder, they're search. If they get there after the ladder, they're support. Um, ladder gets there, they're either search or vent, like, with, you know, with other things, obviously, within the truck world. Um, and then the fourth engine's writ. And the first battalion chief takes command. Second chief goes downrange, safety. Uh, third accountability stuff like that. Like, and that's whether you're first doing Irmo or Chapin or Casey or West Columbia, it doesn't matter. That's how it's going to run out. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, are your trucks there in Lexington true trucks or are they quints? They are quints be because yeah. of obviously the size of the area. Okay. Um, the, I know, I think years down the road, we will truly have the true trucks, mm -hmm. but we're just still, it's that growing lucky enough. We're very lucky. We we never pull, for the most part, we never pull a line. We're not really using the water off of it. Um, so that feels good for the truck aspect of it. But right. we're getting there. Yeah, that that's one of those things where I think eventually I think it'll be there. Um, it's just not there yet. Okay. And so, um, like I said, this is not another ass-kissing moment, but I've heard about you. And uh, I don't want to. 
butcher who I heard it from. They probably but, said I was, I'm huh? loud, I'm aggressive, I'm alive. No, I'm no, 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 <laughs> not that like that. <laughs> um, and it was about how you can formulate numbers where you were you just talking about scrubbing area and right. the, the 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 truck placement, how you're making a truck playbook. Yeah. I, I, I forgot. I, I'm sure it'll come back to me who was talking about that. But how did that like how how did that come about? Like, how were you able to just sit there and go? Because like they literally said you could sit there and go, OK, you want to do what? And then you'll just sit there and go and then like that. Yeah. And then boom, it's done. Yeah. Uh, so so I don't talk about it much, but I do have a little bit of a in my education, a minor in physics and mathematics. And we okay. don't talk about that because that is kind of nerdy. But that does go into something that I'm very passionate about. And I am about the numbers, the forceful entry and and the aerial numbers. And because like I'll get to this first. We we will share on Facebook, we will preach about how we're professional. We're professional athletes. And by the way, I am a huge, I'm a workout nut. I gain a little late uh, weight because actually Sitch and Conjura cut my foot off a couple months ago. So I'm still going to physical therapy. Okay. But I'm still on the job. That's okay. 100% Sitch and Conjura's fault, just for the record. <laughs> um, so I've had a couple surgeries. I've gained a little weight. But uh, I'm still working out with the guys, right? My crew, we work out. Even our battalion chief, we have a battalion in-house. Yesterday, we were all maxing out together. Like, okay. like it's, awesome. it's an awesome group of guys to work with. But, like, we talk about professional athletes. And what I guess it stirred from I had great mentors growing up in the fire service and even life. You know, and those guys took the time to mentor me and teach me things when they didn't have to. And so that's what I really push. I feel like sometimes, and listen, I was a very hard, you ask anyone, I'm a very hard training officer to work for. I I expect perfection. I know we won't get it, but I expect it because I know you can do it if you want to be in this job. Mm -hmm. But I also, you ask anyone, if I see you struggling, I'm going to take the time to help you. And we have an issue in the fire service where... This new guy comes in, um, you know, uh, man, he's just not getting it. He 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 doesn't get it. And what do we do? A lot write of times, him we write them off. Yep. And that, that's not right. Um, now, I think there are situations where if they're not investing in themselves. That's a whole other issue we have to look at. But we owe it, like, we talk about brotherhood and family and taking care of each other, like, you know, does the football team just let the slowest running back, you know, go or do they work with him? Right. Like either step up to this line or we will have to do something after that. But so I always like to coach after a certain period. But with that, all that said, we promote professionalism and professional athletes. Why don't I know as just a general fire service comment? And I can know this because I had it up earlier. Like how long does it take to vertically vent? say a 712 roof with two guys with three years experience like why don't we know those numbers and they're like well because it's no and no i don't want to hear don't make excuses why don't we know because none of us have taken the time in the beginning to understand anything how long it starts to take this how long it takes this and er and everyone's like well you're just trying to do something really really fast no but in the fire service in sports in anything you do at life the more you do it the more efficient you get i don't care about time i care about efficiency Mm -hmm. efficiency equals time at the end of the day it really does 
So, for example, we've done all these acquired buildings, and I'll have a thing up there on about 220, 230 acquired buildings with the same type of roof. I took firefighters. I put them 10 feet away from where I wanted them to cut a hole. I said, this is the type of hole you're going to cut. Right here, I marked it. Right? When I say go, sound over 10 feet and cut. And I found with three years experience, they can cut a roll, roll two, cut three, double louver hole. As we could talk about that another day. Awesome cutting hole. Very, very easy to cut. Very kind of dramatic. We can make it expand it, whatever. But we found with three years experience, two guys, 10 feet away, can cut it in about 30, 32 seconds. A one-year experience guy cut it in over three minutes. So I know as a battalion chief, as an officer, if I send a new guy and Danny up there who has a couple of years, I should expect that whole cut, maybe not in 30 seconds because you have a newer guy, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't take more than three minutes. Mm-hmm. And now as an officer, and I've been in command of fires, like I know I look at the clock, I'm going to give them a couple minutes. All right, it's been six minutes. Why isn't there a hole? So I'm, then I'm calling up, you know, command roof. What you got? Oh, we're running to an issue, blah, blah, blah. I'll have it open in a second. Okay, we're good. Or something else happened, right? Mm-hmm. But but there's no reason why when we want to boast professional athleticism in the fire service or just being a professional, knowing your job, why you shouldn't know some of this stuff. Like, why do we not know, you know, which angle is better to force the door? Why don't we know that an eight pound axe doesn't have the same uh, force magnifier because of velocity, right? The faster you move something, the more force it has. So I know if I go up to a house that has no front porch, that's completely open in the front yard and bring a six pound axe. People are like, oh, six pound axe, six pound axe. I can swing faster, which then equals to more force because the velocity is going to be higher. If I'm in a uh, confined space, apartment building, commercial building, I don't have a lot of swing. If I can't get my full swing and get, you know, 40 miles an hour or so, and I'm only going at 20 miles an hour because I'm not able to do a full swing, I'm bringing an eight pound because I will get more force at the end of the day, but I won't have the velocity. And those are those very simple things. I know I make it sound, I try not to make it sound complicated because it really isn't when you start thinking about it. Those are the things we should know, and we right. don't know. Why aren't we taking the time? Trust me, I am very lucky. I'm at a somewhat busy firehouse. We have time to do this. Mm-hmm. Everyone has time to make it. Like, And it doesn't have to be on forceful entry truck. We could talk about engine stuff. Like, How quickly, how efficiently can I pull this line off? Mm-hmm. So as an officer, I know if my 360 is going to take more than two minutes and the nozzle's not at the front door or wherever I need it to be, there's a problem there. Mm-hmm. And we need to train on. We have all the time in the world to train. I don't want to hear excuses about it. We have the time. Like, why aren't we looking at these numbers? And, and that's been a huge push for me, especially with the forceful entry and the ladders and the vent. And, and I'll tell you right now, Sam Hiddle is a huge friend, a mentor and a friend of mine. He, he is very, very smart with the physics as well. And him and I talk a good bit because he, him and I even say, he's like, I wish more people would understand this because this is part of our job. And I'm like, 100%. You know, if I go to a structural engineer building a bridge, they're going to know, you know, XYZ weight of the concrete and the mixture and the ratio. If 
but I can go to any firehouse and say, Hey, tell me about your howl again. They're like, it's 30 inches. How much does it weigh? Um, eight, 10 pounds is what the manufacturer said. What, why don't you weigh it? Because, and that's something with the class, I'm not promoting a forcible entry class coming up. We're going to have almost every manufactured halogen on the market right now. And they all weigh different weights. Yeah. You should know your own halogen. Like that's some of the things you should know, you know, because the weight matters when it comes to the velocity and the physics numbers and how much your body mass is different from mine. So you should know your, your body's going to react differently to forcing the door than mine is. I don't know how tall you are, but I'm five, five. I'm a short little bastard because I'm short. Mm -hmm. I am. I am at a disadvantage, but as long as I keep my body at a 90 degree towards the door, I'll force it every time, just like you, because taller people have the tendency to kick out, which loses the leverage um, angle. Man, I'm just sitting here. I mean, I felt like I was just schooled because so, so here's the thing I, and I've said it before it's on record and people that know me will, will attest to this. So, Sat, I mean, it's unfortunate to say I am one of those. If you were to come up to me and go, hey, how much did your halogen weigh? I'm going to honestly look at you and I'm going to tell you, I honestly, I, I, I don't know. Right. I, I know the points of it, how it's used. Yep. I know that there are different types of halogens, but we don't, I'm trying to think, firehouse right now, we don't have a scale. Right. So there's really no way for me to know that. And right. you're right. I, I kind of should know that, but right. I, I don't. Right. And, and again, that's just, that's just the common, right. You, you go in, you go into the firehouse and you look at the tools and I'm like, why haven't you tuned this halligan? Uh, oh, well, you know, and I understand there are departments that are like, you touch this tool, you're fired. There's that aspect of it. <laughs> like, like I know departments that are like that. And I, and I understand that. Okay. Mm -hmm. there, there is, with all of this said, there are stipulations per se, mm -hmm. but there's no reason why with the tool you have, and it's just like any aerial apparatus, right? Or engine, like high hose bed, low hose bed, quint, true truck, tiller, whatever, use what you have. Know how you can maximize everything you have and use it to your advantage. But again, we want to boast about professional athleticism and workouts and all this. And all that is 100% one of our number one priorities because it's still, right, one of the leading line of duty deaths. Right, right. 100%. But the second part of that is knowing your job. And, 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 start, and that starts with knowing your tools, how to use them. Like, really, like, people don't know how to use half the stuff we have. Um, but they want to go to all these special classes, and I'm not saying, you know, I have been very lucky. I love special operations. I love ropes and all this stuff and all the mechanical advantages and stuff. But, man, if you if you don't know the basics of forcing a door or pulling a line and, and how that contributes to anything, mm -hmm. don't need to be going to all these other classes. Um, so, yeah, I am just very passionate about knowing what you have and how to use it. Okay. That, that's that's okay. it. So uh, this next question, uh, I, I, I guess I want to say – with the preferences aside, is there one Halligan that's better than the other, or is it all, it all depends on the person you're talking to? 100%. There are, there are two Halligans on the market that, uh, that I support push and, and, and 100%, um, are one of the best on the markets. 
and I actually have the official name here. Let me look at it because I always I always screw up this. It's the Council uh, TD30 Halligan uh, that was made by Andrew out of Spartanburg. He helped design it. Spartanburg, South Carolina. Yes. Small fucking world. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's actually helping me teach the class on uh, on in December, so we'll have those. Okay. Council Halligan and one of the older pro bars. And I say older pro bars because, and I am not a mathematician when it comes to metals. That is one of my weak spots. Lucky enough, Andrew, who obviously you're working with, he has a shop. He, he knows all about the metals. But one thing I've noticed is because of the steel and society and COVID and supply and demand and all that stuff that we've been struggling with, the, the pro bar quality has gone down because of the metal. So now if you have one of the older octagon type halogens, keep that. And that's the one you want to use because it's stronger. The metal doesn't flex as much as the newer ones. Um, now newer pro bars, they are good. Don't get me wrong. They are good. But now like you're seeing pictures, especially on social media of them cracking more and flexing more. And that's truly because of the supply. It's, it's been so hard to get those metals and, I don't know what the fix is for all that. I'm not in mm-hmm. the government area of fixing the metal supply and demand. Right. There's obviously something going on there that has to be fixed. Um, okay. So lucky enough, I will say, oh, and, I, and I'll back them up. Council has not had any issues with the supply yet. Um, so that's why their, their halogens have been just as strong. Um, so those were the two ideas. Awesome. No, I mean, it, it really puts things in, in perspective because like, you, and you mentioned it earlier, I know like looking at, uh, I'm definitely like FDNY, they have specific locations within their firehouse where there is a shop where they can maintain their right. tools and things like that. And and I know that there are certain organizations and, and departments that don't allow that, but what better way for the firefighters to know their tools than to allow work them on. to work on it? Because like, yep. I know we have a couple, like, especially on our, um on our reserve apparatus, we have a couple tools that, that have some rust on it and need some, some tuning, but yeah. we don't have the, I don't want to say we don't have the resources, but I can't just go, okay, I'm going to take this back to my firehouse and go clean it. Cause clean. all right. I have is soap and water. Right. You know right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like if we can bring that back too, that that would that would instill some more knowledge into people it for people to know more about their tools. And granted, you probably do have some some individuals that are like, oh, I got some stuff in my truck that'll take care of it. And then you know yeah. they they do it themselves, regardless right. of whatever your 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 jurisdiction tells you. Because I mean, there are tools. Those are our we need yeah. to have tools to do our job correctly. Right. And they have to be ready and, and ready to go to work. Right. And that even goes from tools to like saws. I am OCD about saws, our, our vent saws and our rotary saws. And man, the saw dirty. Hey guys, I'm on C shift, B shift, A shift. Let me know if the saw's ever dirty, whatever. Get it into working order for the day. Let me know. I'll come in and, and I'll clean it because I'm meticulous about how we're going to clean. You know, I'm going to clean it. Mm-hmm. And, and Keep it clean. Keep it ready to go, right? Clean tools ready to go to work. And, and it's just, I know when I run my saws, I run them a particular way. And, and 
I will say, and I know you've had him on the show, Julio Ramos, good friend oh, of yeah, yeah. He, him and Eller both have instilled on certain ways to run the saws, and that was one of my weak points. Mm-hmm. But I knew one of my weak points was small motors, and I, I stayed with Julio, and he, I had him teach me, you know, because I want to be – if there's something that I'm weak, I need to grow on that. And and that's what I tell everyone. If you're weak on something, just find someone that can do it and, and listen to them and, 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 you know, try and build yourself up. Um, so yeah, now I clean the saws in our firehouse. Cause I'm like, I'm going to do it a certain way. This is how mm-hmm. we're going to run it. And I know mm-hmm. in the mornings, whether that saw is running good sluggish, right. The fuel mixtures off because I just, the, the guys look at me outside when I'm running them. They're like, you literally, if you weren't married, we would think you were married to those saws. And I'm like, I am married, but I love these saws more than my wife. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell her that, but. Lee Salas and I are we're one. We're one together. Okay. Okay. So. Uh I have a question that kind of pertains to Sauls and your opinion only. Um, because you, you talked when you you sparked it when you mentioned fuel mixture. So there's a brand out there called True Fuel. Yes. And I know a lot of departments are using it. Is that a good or or sh- is that a good resource or should we go back to calculating your your gasoline oil mixtures? And Julio and I have had this discussion a lot. Um, I love the true fuel base mixtures because they're engineered exactly where they need to be with the stabilizer and stuff. And I think that's great. I I think that is awesome. And I think um, depending on how much you use your saws at work, like I wish we stocked it. I really do. We have an extra saw bag in our truck for Mm -hmm. when we go to like commercial roofs and stuff. And there's a small can in it because that's perfect to go to work. It's locked, right? Um, the seal isn't broken yet. Um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. perfect little carrying to refill and all that. When we're training a lot, yeah, we'll do the mixture just because we're going to be running through it. So so it won't stay in that carburetor and the filters a lot. So we'll be able to run through it pretty quickly. But I still know organizations that when they do their own mixture, people who may or may not have done it before, haven't been shown, forgot, they mix up the fuel ratio and they blow a motor or, or burn a motor out. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of those pre-mixed stuff. Okay. Um, if we're doing a lot of like acquired building stuff, just because of cost and, and maintenance, we just run the regular gas mixture, you know, with the oil, we'll make it ourselves. But I, but I love the pre-mixed. I, I think it helps. And I've seen actually um, part of my job as training officer in both organizations was R&D. And if you think I'm meticulous with my tools on the rig, I'm very meticulous on how we run experiments in R&D. And we had saws that wouldn't want to crank, and we filled them with the True Fuel based. I, I don't remember if it was exactly the name brand True Fuel because there's mm-hmm. so many out there now, like mm-hmm. BP, Husqvarna still, all that. But uh, we threw some in the carburetor, filled the tank, drained it all away, and it fired up. It now it was sluggish for a little bit, but it didn't do that with the regular fuel mixture with the ethanol. Yeah. So I have seen literally saws not want to crank. You put that, you drain it, you pop a little in the carburetor and it fired right up. Okay. So 100% worth it. If your department's looking for it, you know, okay. I, I think that's a good option. Okay. All right. Um, trying to figure out which question I should go to. Cause there's so many I have. <laughs> chainsaw. Uh... With still <laughs> chainsaws, party <laughs> chains, hands down the best. Rotary sauce, Husqvarna's still, still rotaries. Nope. Sorry. 
still needs to stay out of the rotary saw business. Okay. Okay. Um, I have the documentation to prove that. <laughs> for anyone listening. For your upcoming live burn that you're having, yeah. how many instructors do you need to have to make this work? And are you nervous? Because I'm not a library instructor, but I know like whenever we get an acquired house, somebody's moving out, they want to donate it to us. We get all the pre-checks done. I know that, well, I would say that the individual that that's the lead has to be somewhat nervous about it, you know, because I mean, there's a lot, you don't want nobody to get hurt right. and everything, but so how many people do you need for that? And are you nervous about this? So we have done, and by no means I'm an expert, I've had a lot of influence and I still, they will be there. Live burn instructors from other states, they're going to be there because there are a lot of things. I feel pretty confident I'm saying I'm very experienced in the acquired building business. I will say that. Okay. Live fire acquired buildings, I'm not. I have done three in the past year and a half. Okay. Knock on wood, they have all gone really well. No one's got hurt. The building reacted the way it wanted to, all that. But part of going through somewhat of a certification that we've gone through, like, right, we, we learned from history. There have been a lot of line of duty deaths and injuries and things have happened. So so we really, I follow based on NFPA 1401 and, and some of even North Carolina standards mm -hmm. because we don't have those standards really down here other than what like 1401 and OSHA and DHEC really say. Um, so I follow kind of your standards, the North Carolina versions, because it's really shown in the experience and how much you guys have done it. Like it, it works. And, and so that's my whole thing is I, I want to keep everyone safe, but most importantly, you know, I want guys to learn something. I don't want to burn a whole block down. Right. right, right, <laughs> right. What I mean, so um, I wouldn't say nervous as far as people getting hurt, because I know I have some really, really good, instructors that have been doing this with me along with some other states that have been doing it so I, i'm not as much nervous as guys getting hurt or anything like that it's always about making sure the building is going to react and so that's why like i've i've done one walk through the building already for the one in january mm -hmm. i guarantee you i'll do at least three or four minimum three or four more not including the build days and the clean out days and stuff like that because i'm just always concerned about the building itself reacting how we want it to. Right. We want to control it. We want to control the flow path and the fire and the fuels and everything. But there's always some sort of surprise in the buildings. And I just want to make sure I try to know all those surprises or we take those variables out so we know what we're doing. Um, you know, we clean it down. Down here, we can only burn, you know, wood products, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's a cleanup day where we clean all the carpets out and all this. There's no office furniture, right? These things are bare, and we burn the pallets and the hay. And uh, I, I, there are no additives. We don't use anything else. There's, You know, you hear these horror stories of tires and, and combustibles. We don't do that. But we play by the rules. Like, that is one thing. I'm trying to build the live fire-acquired building in the state. The last right. thing I need is for something to go wrong. Right. Um, so... I'm just nervous. I've always, I'm always nervous about the building. I have some of the best instructors around here, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Virginia. They're all coming to help. I trust them 110%. So I have trust in those guys that I can rely on them. They're going to do the right thing. It's always, what is the building going to do? Right. Gotcha. right. They're going to, they, they'll keep, we keep a very stringent, you know, 
the rules are say like four to one, five to one instructor to student ratio. I do two to one. I, I do two to one instructor to student ratio because I want these eyes on these guys. Um, and, and so just always, I guess a little more anxious on what the building's going to do, not okay. as much as the guys or, or okay. the um, okay. I, I have a lot of trust in the instructors. So all right. it'll be fun, hopefully. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of, we're going from topic to topic, but they, they've been, they've been really good yeah. topics. So um, one thing that also kind of hit me was you mentioned you will most likely retire as a backstep. You yes. have no aspirations, company officer. Yeah, I've been um, there, done that. Don't have to do evaluations. Don't have to do that. You know, like I love it. Uh, I, I come to work and and I clean my tools. I check my gear. I check the rig, run the saws, clean the firehouse. And that's it. Let's go. Let's do some training. Let's go to work. Let's have fun. Okay. Why so, work in there? <laughs> my, my next, I don't want to, no, it's not gonna be a question. It's, it's going to be a statement. And I, I'm, I'm a realist. I, I don't, I don't like to bullshit people. My next, my next phrase to you is going to be blunt, but you know how I always hear from certain people, Hey, why do you want to get promoted? And most of the time, the top answer is I don't want to work for this guy. Right. So my question to you on that is, are you okay with that? Like, because we all have, we all have people that should not be riding that right front seat. Right. Because we know they're in it for the wrong reasons, but damn it, they still get fucking promoted somehow. Yep. Uh, and I've worked for a couple of them and I'll tell you, uh, like, I love this job and I'm going to do the best of my ability. And at the end of the day, when we look at like, I don't, I don't want to say the political side, but the non-fire, the, the firehouse the, the paper writing side, right? The admin side. At the end of the day, my goal is to make the guy above me look good. And so whether he's a good officer, bad officer, whatever, uh, all I'm going to do is I'm going to give him the same opportunity of everyone else. I'm going to do the job that I need to do. I'm going to make sure that we do the right thing. And, and the, the I know it's the most cliche statement, but I was taught by someone many, many years ago you know, the statement of water boils from the bottom. Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of how I feel. Like the guys, I believe everything should be solved at the lowest level and that the firemen, firefighters, fire firefighter rank is one of the most important ranks because without them, then company officers, engineers have to do some work. Right. And, and so I'm going to take care of my officer and driver, whoever it is. And, and if he's not the most stellar officer, that's okay. I'll, I I have learned ways to kind of mold people into thinking the way I want them to think and doing it. I can contribute to make him better. Like whether he knows it or not, or whatever they know it or not, I I'm, I'm, I call it mental manipulation. I'll get him. <laughs> I'll okay. get him. Right. Um, but I'm okay with working with those inexperienced or kind of sour officers because maybe they put me, maybe they put me under him to maybe give him a little strength and help work with him. I'm not saying I'm the overall like savior. You send right. me your problems and I'll fix them by no means. No. Right. But I'm going to give them a chance. Just like that recruit school aspect we talked about, like you got a bad officer and people write them off, you know, same thing, put them at a slow station. Don't give them opportunities to grow. Uh, like it, it goes both ways. If you have a, a, an officer that may not be doing the best job, 
then maybe we just need to put them with a decent, and I say decent, you know, engineer, good firefighter, good engineer, put him in the decent crew to maybe fix them a little bit. And maybe I've seen people change, right? Like some of these guys that didn't really like the job and they put them with a good motivated crew. And it's like, wow, I, I miss this. This is fun. This isn't as bad as I thought it was. We have the easiest job in the world. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Can't let a lot of people know about it, but <laughs> let's be honest. We have a pretty fun job and it's pretty. Right. So I, I'm okay with working for whoever, because I'm going to still do the right thing at the end of the day. And, and whether that ends up in the office later that night saying, Hey, why did you do this? Blah, blah, blah. All right. Listen, with all due respect, call the battalion chiefs or call whoever. Because I want him to decide who's right, who's wrong. And it's not about who's right or who's wrong. It's, it's really who, what's best for the citizens. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So, no, you're right. You're right. Because everything you stated, man, it, it, it happens. All right. right. We have a, a not so great officer. We're going to gun him over to the station yep. that's furthest away, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But at yep. the end of the day, what are we doing for him? Is is not only hurting himself, but when you have a new firefighter, you put that individual with he the new mm-hmm. firefighter sees these actions. That's also hurting the rest of right. the uh, the personnel you have. And a, a red flag to me would be where if you set out, if you notice that multiple firefighters keep putting transfers to get out of a certain. Right spot with a certain officer, that should be a flag to the right. administration of there's a problem. Yes, right, right. And sometimes I, I I hate to say this, and it's not you know my department, your department, whoever, whatever department's listening. Like I think sometimes that's a failure on the system. That's the failure of the organization, and that's one of those things. Again, one of those questions of what are some of the things we can improve on in the fire service, like. If we have a standard, hold the standard, right? Don't lower it, hold it. And help the guys to the standard. Generally, and this is a number I'm making up, so there's no actually background on it, but I'm going to say between 85 and 90% maybe, and you may agree or disagree, 85, 90% of the people that sign up to do this job are passionate and want to do this job. There's Mm -hmm. a couple that sign up for the benefits or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever. So why are we having such a bad retention, whatever, on these guys that are leaving? Is it because we didn't invest in them? Because that's, that's, and I say our fault, that's everyone's fault. That's the organization's fault. That's the company's office's fault. The engineer's fault. The firefighter's fault, right? Uh, Like, that's our fault. That's the problem in the fire service is, same thing with the recruits, right? Uh, he's screwing up. Just let him be. He's going to, we're going to get rid of him. We're going to move him. Maybe that's just how he is. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. You got to give everyone the opportunity. And, and I'm not telling people to cater baby people, mm-hmm. but bad engineers, bad drivers, even bad, bad battalion chiefs. You move them, you don't invest in them. And then whose fault is that? Like you don't give them the opportunity to better themselves. Or we just want to beat around the bush and te- not tell them directly, hey, you're screwing up. Like I said, don't don't ask a question you don't want to hear because I'll tell you right now. It, I've had battalion chiefs, company officers, whatever. Hey, what have you heard about me? You sure you want to know this answer? Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to tell you. But at the end of me telling you, I'm going to tell you, listen, here are some ways you can improve on this. This, this, and this. That's the part we always forget about today's society. Yep. Do this, this, and this. And then 
when those company officers or engineers start doing that, what do the firefighters and other other people say about them? Well, it's still the same old Danny. No, you are not giving him a second. We'll give, you know, robbers a second chance. We'll give people that are guilty in jail a second chance. But you won't even give your quote unquote, you can't see it on the camera, brother firefighter. You can't even give him a second chance. He 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 fell into a slump. We've all been in a slump before. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't give him a second chance. Like, get out of here. Like, people you know people have issues. People have problems, right? PTSD, I believe, is a real thing, right? Like, people have problems, and if you don't help each other out, then what are we really here for? So, hundred percent facts, man. I guarantee you, there's people nodding their head listening to this, going. <laughs> Yep. we've seen yeah we've yeah. seen it i know i've seen it and yep. it's something we need to fix the shunning them away or moving them is not the it's yep. not the solution to it right. it's just making it worse right. and yes it comes back to that whole we need to be able to disagree an officer yep. needs to be or i'm sorry yeah a chief officer needs to have the ability to be able to listen to constructive criticism, not not badgering and just right. barking, blah, 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 but you're not coming right. with solutions. But right. you need to be able to have the openness to go, okay, well, Chief, with all due respect, this is the, this, this is the problems we're having. We need to correct them. These right. are the ways we can do it. If, yes. you, if you automatically shut them down when you know or you're you're listening to them and you're hearing that, what they're saying is you don't agree with and you automatically block it out. You're doing nothing to fix the issue. Correct. 100%. Awesome. 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 We're solving all the world's problems. I know we are. Right. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, it's, uh, um, I'm going to jump right into, yeah. What are your ultimate goals? If you, Uh, if if you haven't met them already, short-term, long-term, doesn't matter. Just, Continue to love the job, make mistakes, correct them, learn, like all those things I know, like so cliche and that we preach. But like I said, I've had people that have lived it and I know you can do it. Like I go into work. Do I want to screw up? No, I don't. But again, like many things in life, I some of the best lessons I've done was making a mistake tomorrow. I'm working to swap with someone. I may go in and totally screw something up. Guess what? I'm going to work on it either that day or the next day. Like my ultimate goal is to continue to go to fires, have fun, and, and just you know, you know, just keep on preaching the good word. I guess. Um, so okay, all right. Um, trying to see which one's a good one. But I have any more? I don't have anyone's personal. I, I got a good one for six though. All right, Welcome go ahead. To the hungry, eager, motivated firefighters. Yeah, yeah. Being held back, surrounded. Like, I, I actually, when I was reading this last night, because uh, right now at work, we're team no sleep. The, the <laughs> okay. Team, team no sleep, right? Like, they just, they're keeping us up. Nothing good, though. Nothing good to report. Right, right. Uh, right. But uh, I, I thought about this because this was definitely something, same thing kind of hitting on is like, First off, make connections with everyone else in your organization because I bet, right, like let's say you and I work together and we're both hungry, eager, motivated, but the culture isn't there or whatever might be going on. Mm-hmm. There's someone else in that organization that wants it 
just talk to them. Don't bring this up. Just say, hey, man, tell them about your family, right? You build that connection. And then as you're talking, you see in their facial expressions. I talk with my hands a lot. You can see that on the Zoom mm-hmm. like, all over the place. Like you're going to find the motivated people. You're not the only one in your organization that wants to improve and progress. That's one. Two, and I always say this, like you can find me anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, I don't have the ticky talky. No, right? I, I don't have that. Yeah. I don't, I don't have do, that. I'll do the ticky Right. Right. Email address, whatever. Like reach out to people. And if you don't want to call, email me or text me or whatever, it's fine. Email Danny. That's fine. Give him <laughs> but there are people that have either been in your spot or if you just need an ear to listen or some motivation, like we, we got to watch out for each other you know what i'm saying and, and I, that's another thing i'm pretty passionate about just taking care of each other so like if you're the, truly the lone ranger in your department send me an email we'll we'll talk shop i'll i'll take you out to some classes right uh, we'll try and do what you can to get you out and, and get you exposed to the outside world and then bring it back to your organization that might spice it up a little bit right like so there are people that are willing to help you and improve the fire service you just got to find them and most of the time, they're right around the corner. You know, there's someone that you see every day. They may not t- talk about it, or maybe they're new in the organization and they don't feel comfortable, but you got to expose those people. And, and so if you're being held, I guess the question is, I didn't really say it. You know, if you're being held back by non-motivated or complacent culture organization, mm-hmm. reach out, reach out to either someone that's have has a really good culture and we can help you. We can give you some ideas on how to make it better. You know, maybe you can meet with the chief and say, hey, chief, let's get patches on the side of the truck or let's do this or let's do this. Like, you know, there are people have gone through a lot of stuff. And I think we just need to open up helping each other more because a lot of stuff even I have and I teach about I I didn't invent it per se. Mm -hmm. Maybe put a little spin on it or borrowed it from someone else or whatever. But we're we're all in the same. No one's really inventing anything new lately. We're just exposing some of the things we haven't thought about. So. Okay. All right. I mean, and I like the idea. I like the patches, uh, you know, uh, custom hats to show company pride, logos, yeah. things of that nature. But all that is is fantastic. But how can we change the culture where we can make people also give a damn about their own firehouse? Right. About the trucks? Because that seems to me, that's an issue that I see. Like it's great. We have hats, we have, uh, you know, yeah. job shirts and, and yeah. all that good stuff that, that firemen love, but job, we, we, job shirt scenes coming up, but <laughs> we're still missing yeah. the point of like, when you come in for shift change and the station looks like shit and the guys are just like, Oh yeah, we were kind of busy today, blah, blah, blah. But you, you look are at, busy. You look at your phone. Like I kind of keep my active 911 on. <laughs> yeah, I know how many calls you read. Oh, yeah, you ran a whopping two I, calls. I, I tell people it's like everything else, right? It's everything else in life. It's always the hardest to start. And if you go in there and you clean the shit out of the truck and the shit out of the station, you've got guys, we need to take pride in this place. This is how it should look. And I guarantee you there's maybe one person on that shift will be like, you know what? Danny's right. And they'll do a little bit and they'll do a little bit. And it's all about like the breadcrumbs or, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, what it, what's that saying? How do you eat a, an elephant? One one bite at a time, right? Okay. okay. How do you eat an elephant? One, And I make that statement, by the way, as someone else. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And you just take that bite 
And that bite might have to take, that might bite might be an hour. That might bite maybe a couple days. It might be a month. But if you continue to eat at that elephant, eventually it's going to be gone and there are going to be people on your side and it takes time. So just stick with it. It will happen. uh, I've seen it over my time in the different organizations I've worked for. It's just, you got to pick at it. You got to stay with it. Um, You know, just do. I know when I first got to our station now, one of the first things I have a collection of posters and stuff like that. I just started putting operational posters all over the firehouse and now guys are doing more things. We're building a new assignment board. We're building a tool holder. We're doing this and this. That's like, I'm not saying I started it because it mm-hmm. was there for me. Right. Like, it right. Labels and there's other stuff. But sometimes you need someone come in there and just go with it. Let's do it. Let's all do it together. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. I mean, it makes sense because, you know, nothing happens overnight. I mean, as much as as much as us passionate ones want it to happen overnight, yep. it doesn't. But we just got to stick with it and remember to trust the process, I guess. That's it. Okay. Um, if anybody needs to get a hold of you or wants to get a hold of you, I call it the shameless plug. How can they go about doing it? Uh, well, kind of like we said, obviously – I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Jason Jonitas. Uh, my email, Jason Jonitas at yahoo.com. Uh, again, co-owner of Soda City, uh, partnership of a group of us in the truck company, Mythfits podcast. Um, I, I'm around. Or just call down to Lexington. Someone will put you in <laughs> You know this guy named Jason Jonitas? He sounds kind of nasally. He has a really big nose. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's the... Uh, yeah, we know where he is. <laughs> okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm always uh, literally, and it's not because of any whatever. Um, guys are constantly, you know, emailing me, texting me about the acquired building stuff. I, if you're looking to start acquired building in your department, I have policies and plans. I'll just email them to you. Like it's all pre-built. I don't care. You can take it. I have an edited version, non-edited version. So if you want something like, oh, this is what it looks like. Or I'll send you the edited version, change it, add your logo. I don't care. All I want to see is more departments going out using these buildings and stuff like that. You, you know, that's what it's about. So, yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome. Awesome. Man, yeah. I, I I do appreciate it, pal. Um, yeah. yeah, this is this was really good talk. I, I thoroughly enjoy doing this. It's always nice to hear someone else's perspective on an issue that the individual or myself might be dealing with. So it's, it's, it's great, man. I appreciate it. Oh yeah. No, thank you for having me on. And whoever, I guess, told you about me, I appreciate it. Yep. Oh, it's, it's, it's the Rockland County South boys, man. You know, <laughs> that's it, man. Oh, <laughs> hey, but I'll tell you what, you say what you want, but again, and this is not, people get offended when I say this, right. That, that culture, like we're doing so well in our organization, progression wise, culture wise, and then to have those guys, you guys come down with that northern culture that's just instilled from birth. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. I, I love it. Brick, you guys can come on down. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I awesome. think we're at, uh, at least 10 or so, uh, 12, 10. Yeah, 12. I think Eric, uh, last time I was looked there, he was like 12, 12 or down there already. I'm yeah. like, damn, and growing and growing. Yeah. So. Come on. It's fun. <laughs> awesome, man. No, thank you. I seriously appreciate accepting the invitation, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, 
and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.